0: The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank believes communities thrive when individuals succeed. Working together, we can help create economic opportunity for all. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, June 28th. In today's news, President Trump makes light of Russian election interference during his sit-down with Vladimir Putin. Nancy Pelosi caves to Mitch McConnell so she can get funding for the migrant kids at the border. And the Supreme Court finishes its term with big rulings on redistricting and the census. But first, the big idea. Rival Democratic presidential contenders pummeled former Vice President Joe Biden last night with searing emotional critiques in Miami during round two of the first debate, denouncing his record on racial issues and calling on him to pass the torch to a new generation of leaders. Biden found his long-held stature as a beloved party leader offered him no respite at the center of a crowded stage. Senator Kamala Harris of California, who commanded the event at several points, led the charge. She accused Biden of opposing policies that could have kept black girls like her from attending integrated schools. Harris noted that as a little girl in California in the 1970s, she was part of the second class to integrate her public school, and she was bused in every day. Biden looked away as she spoke, appearing emotionally affected by the attack as he attempted to defend himself. He said she was mischaracterizing his position. But then he made a states' rights defense of his opposition to forced busing saying local governments should have been able to decide if they didn't want to bus kids to integrate their schools and that it wasn't the federal government's place to mandate it. Harris said that's exactly the federal government's place. Then Biden tried to take a shot at her by noting that she was a prosecutor and he was a public defender. It was rehearsed and it fell flat. Biden wasn't only attacked by Harris. Senator Michael Bennett from Colorado went after him for striking a deal with Republican leaders to make permanent some of George W. Bush's tax cuts. Congressman Eric Swalwell, from the side of the stage, barely qualifying, and 38 years old, tried to open a generational front against Biden, calling the 76-year-old basically old and telling him to pass the torch to a new generation of leaders. Biden's game plan going in, which was to focus on Trump and his own policies and experience, was thrown off track by rivals who repeatedly interrupted each other and disregarded the instructions of the moderators. Candidates had clearly learned from watching Wednesday night's debate between a different group of Democrats that there was little cost for breaking the debate rules. Biden was at times able to lead the rest of the stage in a set of direct attacks against Trump, calling him a liar, a phony, and a failure who didn't have the interests of the American people at heart. The candidates collectively took a different approach than the Wednesday debate participants, much more frontal attacks on Trump. But policy distinctions between the liberal and the moderate wings of the Democratic Party a focus of Bernie Sanders, faded into the background for much of the night because of the emphasis on race. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar this Friday. Number one, Trump appeared to make light of Russian election interference during his meeting with Vladimir Putin in Japan today, asking him not to meddle in the 2020 election, but literally doing so with a grin Trump sat with Putin on the sidelines of the Group of 20 summit in Osaka, and he didn't initially raise the topic during brief remarks in front of reporters. Instead, he called his relationship with Putin very, very good. He said the two would discuss trade, including some disarmament and a little protectionism, perhaps, his words. Putin noted that the two haven't met since their first formal summit in Helsinki last summer and said the conversation in Japan would be a great opportunity to follow up on that. As the summit got underway, the president's attention was clearly divided, as he took time between bilateral meetings with Indian President Narendra Modi and German Chancellor Angela Merkel to watch a few minutes of the debate. Trump mentioned the exchanges between the Democrats unprompted during his sit-down with Merkel. He told her, quote, I don't know if you saw it. It wasn't very exciting. I can tell you that. As he began to critique the Democratic performances in the debate, the chancellor sat stone-faced. She told him she hadn't seen the debate. Number two, the House passed a $4.6 billion border bill last night as Democratic leaders caved to moderate Democrats and the GOP. The decision by House Democratic leadership to bring the legislation that had passed the Senate up for a vote came in after hours of frantic maneuvering, during which Speaker Nancy Pelosi sought support for a new version of the bill containing additional protections for unaccompanied minors and restrictions on the administration's use of those funds. But the White House held firm, made it clear that it opposed any Pelosi changes, and Mitch McConnell said he wouldn't take them up on top of the GOP opposition, which had been expected, and she might have been able to beat Fresh problems emerged for Pelosi yesterday morning when moderates in her caucus began to revolt publicly, threatening to block a key procedural vote unless Pelosi put the Senate bill up on the floor. The moderates said they needed to see the House act to address the border crisis, not get locked in a protracted conflict with the Senate, especially with Congress leaving Washington for the week-long 4th of July recess. This isn't something they wanted to have to talk about back home. Meanwhile... The bodies of the father and the daughter who drowned at the Rio Grande have begun their journey home to El Salvador. The Mexican government handed over the bodies to Tania Avalos, Oscar Alberto Martinez's wife, and the mother to 23 month old Valeria. Under pressure from customers and employees, Bank of America announced last night that it will cut all ties. And end relationships with companies that run these migrant detention centers. The Miami Herald had reported earlier in the week that the Bank of America provided the financing to Caliburn, which runs a facility called Homestead under a U.S. government contract. Number three The Supreme Court put the Trump administration's plan to add a citizenship question to the 2020 census on hold but the 5-4 decision written by Chief Justice John Roberts appeared to leave the door open to reconsidering the matter if the Commerce Department can provide a new rationale for it. It's unclear whether there would be time for the administration to come up with an acceptable justification for the question and obtain judicial approval. The administration had said a decision was needed by the end of June to add such a question. Other officials have said there's a fall deadline. Trump tweeted from Japan that he would attempt to delay the census in hopes of having the citizenship question added. The court also ruled that federal judges have no role in evaluating claims of partisan gerrymandering. That 5-4 decision was also written by Roberts and joined by the court's four conservatives. It capped decades of debate about whether federal courts have any role in policing partisan efforts to draw electoral districts in the same way the judiciary protects against racial discrimination. Both parties employed gerrymandering to advance their interests, but Thursday's decision set off alarm bells among Democrats in particular because they're in charge of fewer states than Republicans and said the ruling will allow Republicans to set the electoral maps for another decade after the 2020 census unless Democrats can find a way to win local elections next year. Bigger picture, as the Supreme Court starts its summer break, Roberts was the only justice to be on the prevailing side in both these cases. He was emblematic of the Chief Justice's new role at the center of the court, now that Justice Anthony Kennedy has retired, and yesterday underscored the degree to which that means the sender has moved right on the court. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, June 28th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday.